Welcome to the Bike Life Podcast by Warm Showers Foundation, where we will be sharing knowledge, experience, tools, and stories of touring cyclists and hosts from around the world. I'm Tauber Lee, the woman behind the scenes at Warm Showers Foundation, the leading platform for cyclists looking for hosts and to connect with a passionate international community. Find out more by visiting us at warmshowers.org. to the show. Today's guest finds himself completely in love with bike touring. He's been cycling for four years and has fallen so deeply in love with it since his first tour that he plans to never stop. And he is such a wealth of information and inspiration. I know that you're going to love hearing from him as much as I'm going to. So welcome Tyler Diedrich to the show. Thank you for the awesome introduction, Taverly. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, it's. I enjoyed when we were first chatting about this show because you have a, a passion for touring, and I know that you have a tour coming up, which we're going to talk about, but you also have been listening to Bike Life, um, to this show itself, and has found inspiration in the show, and it's so wonderful to see you here now talking on the show. It's like a full circle loop, which just makes my heart happy. Likewise, ditto right back at you. I'm feeling the same way, so super excited. Yeah, this is fun. So take us like way back. <laughs> Let's go way back. Well, it feels like way back. It's not way back, but 2000 before 2019, had bike touring even been on your peripheral? Like not even close, uh, mm -hmm. as far away as the moon. Um, before 2019, I never cycled more than 10 miles at a time. I didn't even know what bike touring was. Um, and then I was gifted a book um, called To Shake the Sleeping Self by Jedediah Jenkins. And that book straight up changed my life. As cliche as that sounds, I was hooked. I was like, I can't believe you can cycle, in his case, from Oregon to Patagonia. And I was like, this is just such an amazing idea. Why can't I do it? Um, so basically I think I was halfway through that book and I know there's tons of cycling books out there, bike touring mm -hmm. books, but highly recommend that one as it inspired me. And about halfway through the book, I decided I was going to do it or do something similar. Cause why not? I was at a point in my life where I was going to be able to, um, so basically put in my couple weeks or I think I gave about two months notice at work, sold <laughs> all my stuff, my lease ended and uh i was off to start touring so knowing nothing about bikes i asked around to anyone that knew anything about them and uh, found a model that i liked found one on ebay in sacramento california and uh, flew out there bought the bike loaded it up and headed north to alaska Wow. <laughs> wow. There's a lot in that chair. And so how long were you reading the book? And we'll put the link to the book in the show notes. And thank you for that reference. Um, how long were you reading the book before you're like, okay, I am all in? Yeah, I was, I was so obsessed. Like I was reading it every day and I wasn't a huge reader at the time. Different story today. I'm reading hmm. every day for hours. Um, but at the time, yeah, I, I was reading multiple chapters every day. So it was probably like a week and a half. And within a week and a half, I knew I was going to mm. do it. And he just kind of described his story and the backstory behind it. 
and you know the three years from when he committed to actually doing it and i was like you know what i don't need that much time i got mm-hmm. it, at that point it was probably three months and i said i'm ready i i can see the progression the things i need to do to get myself ready at least i thought um which didn't involve much training as i know a lot of other people on their first tour say they don't train much um and I can get into why I say I thought I would be ready, uh, but probably wasn't here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, co- a common story, and I'm excited to hear it. I, I want to just say that this is why we always encourage people, if you have a story to tell and you have a desire to write a book, do. Because this is an example of how reading someone else's experience alone gave you such inspiration and you just knew in your body this was right for you. Like there wasn't a question of, of that. And I mean, you're an adventurous type uh, or you were in that moment <laughs> because that's, you know, that's a, a, a big life decision, but it came from an inspiration from somebody else's share. So those of you that listen to the show, you might know that we have a a new way of we're sharing other like we're sharing other people's books in our newsletter. And so I encourage people, if you've written a book or if you're desiring to write a book, do so. Let this be the example of why we say that, because you have the ability to impact others. Um, okay, so let's go back to this. You quit your job, your lease was up, you flew to California, you're like, yay, there's my new baby, you got your bike. And how was the first week? Yeah, so... Uh- I'll start with the first day. I didn't even okay. have a helmet and uh, the people and do not ever recommend riding without a helmet. Right. But I was just so like in love with the the time and just free. And I'm like, wind will blow through my hair. Anyway, the um, the wife of the guy that sold me the bike on eBay, she wouldn't let me leave her house without a helmet. So she gifted me a helmet. I'm forever thankful mm-hmm. for that. Um, but it, meanwhile, um, I'm loading up my bike and the pinniers, which I never had in my hands before at a city park, loading all the gear in, no idea really what I'm doing, and set off on my way uh, through Sacramento. And within the first block, I literally kicked one of the pinniers off the back of my bike because it wasn't <laughs> set up correctly. And I'm just like, I kick it and like I almost fall over and I look down, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I literally have no idea what I was like, as green as you possibly can get. So that was day one. And then by day two, my knees were in so much pain that over the next few days, they got progressively worse. Um, And I had to get off the bike for four days because I literally couldn't ride. My knees hurt so bad. And at the time, I didn't know what was going on. And looking back, it's simply because I didn't truly know how to ride a bicycle as funny as that sounds like i thought i did but i didn't know how to bike tour so i was grinding gears keeping it you know as high up as i can you know powering powering up hills and like oh yeah this is great and a few days of that of 30 plus miles when you're not used to it you know by day six i cycled five miles and couldn't push any further i was walking Mm -hmm. the bike and i was i was scared um, because I didn't know what to do or how to get help with it. And I'm like, my whole tour is in jeopardy, I feel like, and came upon an oasis of a campground. And it had a hot tub at the campground. It had an ice machine. So basically, and you know, I grew up playing sports and I just went back for a couple days and just ice, heat, ice, heat, back and forth. 
until my knees were basically healed. Luckily had some more experienced cyclists that came to the campground, gave me some oils, some cycling tips. They're like, as soon as I heard, I was always staying in high gear. They're like, no, drop it down. When you're going up hills, you'll be fine. It's overuse. And sure enough, that's what it was. So going back to saying, thinking I was ready by not training, you know, that was an example of, I just did not know what I was doing. Um, but once I learned that I was good. But you learned fast. I mean, at least if you have to learn that particular lesson, it's like you 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 adventured into learning as you go. You were truly the learning as you go. So then the first week, okay, you learned how to ride a bike <laughs> in in the right in the right gears. You also brought in like all this, you know, sports history knowledge on rehab, right? That's that's incredible. So those were wins. I'm not sure you saw them that way at the time, but those were wins along the way. And you know, we don't necessarily expect the difficulties to happen when we embark on anything new, and yet they always do. And that's mm-hmm. part of the journey is overcoming those challenges. So, all right. So you you continue on your way. You leave the oasis of a campground, and yep. what was next? So um, after that, I think the next major toni- turning point um, in the trip was was another person that popped into my life, and. Um, and in this case, it was a warm showers host. So starting the trip, I had no idea what warm showers was. I made it to the coast and started hearing a little about it. And um, a couple weeks in, I finally decided to um, stay at a warm showers. And it was shortly after the lost coast of California, which for those that have done it, it's an amazing kind of off the grid two to three day route of just like pristine wilderness in Northern California, but it's tough cycling, you know, multiple 1500, 2000 plus climbs over those two days. Um, so I was tired and, but the bigger need was my legs. Now that my knees were basically good to go, my legs were filled with pus filled blisters. Like Mm. I know this is gross, but dripping out like pus Mm. out all over the legs. And I'm like, what is this? You know? And I started thinking back and when I first made it to the coast of California, I saw some seals down by the water and I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I need to go get a closer look. I love nature, love wildlife. So I ran down this, you know, hill and got, and I got all cut up. I was in shorts and my legs got all cut up and then got to the, so I I knew that might've been an issue, but I'm like, you know, that's just brush. Like what would make these pus filled blisters appear? And, got to the warm showers, um, host and she, I showed her my legs and she's like, yeah, you have, that's poison Oak. So what ended up happening was, and I always go to go on little day hikes and short things here and there. So I ended up getting poison Oak in the cuts that I originally Mm. got and it got Mm. infected all over the legs. And as you can imagine, you're out camping, not getting a shower and clean every day. And it just got really bad. So it was to the point where I was scratching in the middle of the night, waking myself up. And now this is step two of like, oh my God, like I know how to cycle now, but now I got this body issue, right? With my legs. And again, I'm like, I am so green. And um, anyway, the warm showers host, super knowledgeable, gave me a product called Technu, which basically pulls the oil out of those wounds. So I rubbed it on every day for the next 10 days. After that, I was all healed up scabbed over good to go but without that warm shower so i i honestly do not know what i would have done so forever ever grateful 
Mm. Do you want to share the name? Give them a shout out. Um, funny enough, so at that point in the trip, I was so new to it, I didn't even get the name of that. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so if if you're listening <laughs> yes. to this show and you know who you are, message us and we will add your name into the show notes because I love to give people a shout out. And listen, we can't always remember all the names along journeys, especially when you're in the midst of the transformational experience you were in. So totally understand. But if this, if that person is listening, message us and we'll add you. Absolutely. And it's funny because I stayed at five other hosts along the, along my journey, remember all of their names and everything. It's like, it was just that first one. I think I was just so caught up. It was in like everything. a, a yeah. magical miracle person showed up. So whoever that little angel is of helping to heal your body, we want to hear from you. Yes. And Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So did you rest during those 10 days or were you still cycling while you were healing? Yeah, I was still cycling. Um, kept yeah. going and, you know, luckily at that point, Northern California and especially Oregon, super set up for cyclists, like hiker biker sites at the time were seven, eight bucks a night and you got a shower every night. So I started mm. to be in a situation where I could be more clean and really mm-hmm. take care of my legs, um, which was much better than the first couple weeks where I didn't even know about these hiker biker sites again, like warm showers. I was just green and like, you know, wild camping and stuff. So now that I had sites and every night I was, you know, able to get a good shower, it really helped. So how long was that journey in total? Um, the, the entire tour. Mm-hmm. So it was just over two months, uh, 64 days. So mm. the entirety of it went from Sacramento all the way up to uh, Ketchikan, Alaska. Mm. Which, Did you st- spend any time in Alaska? Um, so funny enough, my original route was planned to go all the way inland BC, Canada, all the way up to uh, Fairbanks, Alaska. But when I got right to the border, the Olympic Peninsula of Washington, hurdle three, <laughs> popped in and this is a tell long us. answer to your yeah, story but, i want to hear it question. tell us tell us um so i got there and the olympic peninsula is one of my favorite places on planet earth there's not many places where you can get rainforest mountains and beach all within like one day and that's one of them and uh so i'm just enjoying the ride and i'm on the olympic discovery trail for anyone that's been up there just absolutely beautiful and was going down a hill it was wet and leaf covered and all of a sudden, I'd, I didn't know where my glasses were, like my sunglasses, and it was sunny out. And so I start feeling around and then finally find them, and they're propped up on my head, you know. <laughs> and by the time I got them and put them on, I realized I was going 35 miles an hour down a hill with at the bottom, there's a bridge, like a sharp turn across a river, and I had no chance to slow down. So Basically, mm. grab my um, my handlebars, squeeze the brakes as hard as I could, and somehow intelligently just rolled into the the cliffside at the bottom to put the bike between my body and some sharp rocks. And anyway, went down, was all cut up on the right left side of my body. Um, did some first. Luckily, I had a first aid kit. I was smart there. <laughs> um, you know, did the best I could cleaning things up and then made it a mile to the the highway, hitchhiked into Port Angeles and 
Um, Travis Blair, if you ever listen to this, you were another angel on my trip who I stay in touch with to this day. Um, but he drove me some bloody kids standing on the side of the road with a bicycle 30 miles of Port Angeles and uh, to urge, urgent care to uh, make sure I didn't get the wounds infected. So anyway, that that crash changed the course of my trip from inland BC to stay more along the coast, um, which was near you know, medical care if I needed it, hostels, that sort of thing where there was more towns mm-hmm. and things. So I decided to, wow. as hard as it was, to say I can't cycle you know, a month and a half through the BC wilderness like this. I want to keep going, so I'm going to modify it and basically island hop the rest of the way and hike and bike the best I could up the coast. So that's how I ended up in Ketchikan. Spent four days there, um, so not as much time in Alaska as I hoped on this trip. Um, but yeah, spent four days in Ketchikan and also in an amazing place. I am super inspired by the obstacles that you faced and your willingness to continue. So take us into your mindset at the time when each of those things happened. Did it cross your mind to bail or did you were you able to stay centered enough to say, okay, I'm learning? Because it's easy to think that after, but when you're in it, you know, our our our, our mind and our, our stress and our nervous system don't necessarily process it that way. So take us through how you like how did you handle those three different situations and decide to continue on? Yeah, I I had moments of thinking to bail every time, um, mm-hmm. each one of those, it was tough. And usually what worked was a good night of sleep, you know, go to bed and, and think about it in the morning and restore some confidence and whether it be a warm showers host, um, offering me a bed shortly after the crash and in, in Port Angeles, John is his name. So if you're ever in Port Angeles and, and John's there, an amazing cook, gave me a nice bed and a shower. But you wake up after something like that shortly after a crash in a situation in there where someone cares and wants to see you keep going no matter what, like that just boosts your own confidence in yourself. So I really relied on giving it time to let those thoughts of fear and wanting to bail kind of get out and then talking to people and telling them the story and then seeing their confidence in me to keep going was really, really what helped me um, in in all of those situations. And, and John in Port Angeles was just one example. Yeah, it's amazing. Your story is amazing. Today's episode is brought to you by BikeFlights.com, the leading bicycle shipping service and bike box supplier for cyclists. You'll enjoy low costs, excellent service, and on-time delivery with every shipment, and you get preferred handling for your high-value bikes, wheels, and gear. As a brand built around a love for the outdoors, they are committed to reducing environmental impact, and every Bike Flights shipment is carbon neutral. Join the nearly 1 million cyclists who have used Bike Flights to ship their bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence since 2009, and see how easy it is to book, manage, and track all of your shipments. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today for more information and to book your shipment. Now back to the show. And so as it finished up, what, like, what, like, what did you do? Did you come back and resume work or did you start planning your next trip? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so once I made it there to catch a can, um, I took another six months and just traveled around the world. Um, I had the opportunity to fly to multiple 
multiple countries with friends, family, um, my brother, especially who's a flight attendant. So he had a schedule where we could just kind of explore the world together. So hitting Hawaii, Costa Rica, uh, Scotland, just all over the place, anywhere we could find to explore. So spent six months doing that. Um, basically until I ran out of money and, uh, was like, okay, I need to go and, and work again and, and make some money to, to fund life. But it was an amazing, it was about eight months, um, where I was essentially vagabonding on and off the bike. So did some smaller bike tours during that time as well. Uh, but it was basically living on a backpack off my bike or hiking around for those remaining six months. And did you do another tour yet or is this next one coming, the next one that's up? Yeah. So in terms of anything more than a week or an extended weekend, I've done those over the past three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but this next one, which starts in one month from today, uh, which I'm so excited Celebrating about. Celebrating you. Yay. Yes. Um, I, have, I literally have a countdown behind me of working mm-hmm. days left until I depart and I can't wait. Um, so yeah. No, no major bike tour um, since then, and I, I cannot wait to get back because I've thought about it every single day since then. Mm, so where are you going? Tell us about the tour in one month from today at the time of recording. So by the time people listen to this, you may already be on your tour, but tell us, tell us what, where you're going and what you have planned so far. Yeah, so I got the next six months planned out pretty well. Um, so I've been living in Northern Virginia uh, for the past three years. And there's, um, so many rail trails out here. Um, so one that I'm going to do is from DC, uh, to Pittsburgh. There's, there's two trails on old railroads that lead right there, the CNO and the gap trail. Um, and then make it back as close as I can to Wisconsin before I have a commitment on Memorial day, I'm going to do a tour through the, the UP or the upper peninsula of Michigan, um, head out to Columbia and do uh, a month down there. Uh, more day rides on that trip. And then I'm going to go. And then this is the kicker, the one I'm super excited about. On July 21st of 2019 was the day that I crashed in Port Angeles, Washington. Mm-hmm. July 21st of this year, four years later, I'm going to go back to Travis's house, the guy that that hitch or picked me up when I was hitchhiking, go to the exact spot that I crashed and continue mm. north on my original route through BC. And oh my gosh, I have the chills just thinking about it. Me too. And, uh, <laughs> so those first three I just described are shorter ones, just get me reacclimated um, to the lifestyle, maybe build up the strength in my knees again. And uh, <laughs> and then yeah, July 21st of this year, I'll be picking up in the spot I left off. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. This is so great. This is so great. And I would love for you to tag us in photos, tag us in that moment, take a video, tag us in that moment so we can share it because this is, this is momentous for you. And for all of us that are on this journey with you now that you've shared. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not an emotional guy, but, uh, I think, uh, a few tears may be shed in that moment because mm-hmm. it was, it was, uh, it was a pretty big one for me. So trauma, right? You're, you're facing your trauma. Yes, absolutely. Amazing. So I, I love this, <laughs> Tyler. This is so great. Um, Let's talk a little bit about what it's been like listening to the show. And not that I, I'm not saying it in terms of like tooting our horns, right? I, I'm just here the vessel to help you share your story. But I, I feel like 
we can be inspired in so many different ways. And we found, especially during the pandemic and since then, that people are using this show as a way to stay connected in our community and to think of what's possible. So how, I mean, tell us how the show impacted you in that way. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that. And, you know, I, I've been involved with, you know, my few stays with warm showers a few years ago and, and have used bike flights as well. I know you're sponsored to ship my yes. bicycle yeah. um, and things like that. So I was aware getting the newsletters and I started to see, you know, the, the Bike Life podcast called out and I had it on my backlog of things to read and, and in this case, listen to. Um, so finally in January, um, when I fully made the decision that I was going to do this, uh, this next tour, I knew I needed some inspiration. I was honestly struggling kind of with day-to-day life and convincing myself and building up confidence to go do this again, because it was facing trauma. There was a lot of moments in that past tour where, you know, I had to overcome low self-confidence after these big milestones. And, you know, really starting to listen to bike life three months ago, I became obsessed. Like literally every episode I drew something from no, no matter how crazy the stories were, everyone had a story and I was able to draw one piece of inspiration or something from literally every episode where I'm like, Oh my gosh, like that person went through something that I did in some way. And like, it was just like that boost I needed. So in three months, I literally binged all of your episodes, listened to 74. <laughs> I think, oh my gosh, you must be so tired of hearing my voice. <laughs> not a, and oh my not, not in the slightest, like Taverly. And I'm, I genuinely say this, like, I don't know without bike life, like if I could have truly, you know, convinced myself to do it again. So mm. like, it, it was a huge part of that journey. And to the extent last Friday, I literally listened to 10 episodes in one day because I was just like, I'm almost there. I'm almost through with like five hours that I just listened to your voice and Jerry. Jerry's on some now too. And um, like, I can't say enough how much this kind of got me past that last step of, of getting out of my own head and, and hearing other people's stories. So just one more piece of this journey that has been mm. so amazing. Thank you for sharing that uh, and for telling me that you're not annoyed or tired of listening to my voice yet, (laughs) but also to all the guests that have been on this show that listen to it. Just, I mean, this just goes to show you that it does make a difference and it also makes a difference for us to hear it because, you know, this is a, a labor of love of our time to, you know, feature what is possible right out there and to do it through this, this podcast, you know, it's, it's time and resources and energy and, and we love it. And we don't often get to hear of what the impact is. We can tell by the numbers. We know the show reaches a lot of people across the world, but hearing it from you personally has, has truly just inspired me. And that's what I meant at the beginning that it inspires all of us for you to be willing to face, you know, these moments that you face and keep going and to, to do it again, and then to be willing to come and talk about it and talk about how other people's stories inspire you. Because oftentimes we don't hear about what inspires a human to take the leap to do something incredible. And so we appreciate this so much. Yeah. And the last thing I'll add there is just what what listening to all those episodes also did for me was give me the confidence to apply to be a guest on this show myself. Because 
up until I started listening, I honestly, I didn't think my story was very interesting, to be honest. Like I lived it and I'm like, it happened. But I was just like, you know what? Like I'm finding no matter how interesting it is, every episode I found something. And I'm like, I'm doing a disservice to the community if I don't come on and try to share my story, no matter if it's interesting or not. And it, it gave me a boost to to give that confidence to, you know, type, take a few hours, type out an application and, and see if, you know, I could inspire others in some way. And that's basically what I'm here to do. So. That's great. That's great to share. And thank you for that piece, because we know that a lot of people don't think that their story is interesting or that they're not used to talking. I mean, I I know it can be a little nerve wracking when you hear me hit record and you're like, oh my goodness. And now we're on YouTube. So it's the video and the audio. I know it can be a little nerve wracking, but you, you can't do it wrong when you're when you're just sharing your experience. And so for anybody that's listening and feels like Tyler did, which is that my story isn't worthy of sharing, uh, I will say, yes, it is, number one. And number two, don't worry, I make it painless, right? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> and and your your story, Tyler, is, is indeed unique. I think all of our stories are definitely unique. And I would love for people to be able to follow you on your journey. So we're going to put this also in the show notes, but go ahead and, and give us where people can find you on social to witness your journey. Yeah. So um, as much as I try to limit social media in my life, I definitely like to provide updates, especially to family and friends um, along my journey. So I am pretty active on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I know it'll be in the show notes, but Tyler Diedrich mm-hmm. on both of those. And then I did start a, a YouTube channel as well recently and kind of uploaded all the uh, videos that I put together. So I usually mm-hmm. bring a GoPro along on all my adventures. And uh, just the other day posted episode 50, which was, uh, was just a cool milestone. Um, so they're just fun little videos, more for myself. I know a lot of people journal, which I do as well, but I like to record videos as well and watch them in the future and just remember those kind of moments, both good and bad. So um, my YouTube channel is called The Story to Remember. And the whole goal is 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 exactly that, like draw a video story and, and rewatch it in the future to remember. So for anyone that wants to follow along there too, um, feel free to subscribe. Beautiful. Final question. Mm-hmm. After listening to all of the Bike Life shows and knowing your story and knowing what's possible, what is one top piece of advice that you would give to listeners? Yeah. So I would say the biggest piece of advice is no matter how high a hurdle seems or how high a wall seems figuratively in life, cycling or not, there's always a way around it. I heard so many stories where it's like, man, I cannot imagine that person chose to go out and and cycle with condition mentally, physically, whatever it may be, Um, a lifelong diabetic, someone in their 80s, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Things that are just hurdles that you can get get around if you just put your mind to it. For myself, I was was diagnosed a few years ago with um, a severe autoimmune arthritis condition called ankylosing spondylitis. Um, It's similar to rheumatoid arthritis for those who don't know. But in 2021, I spent days in bed where I couldn't roll over. I had to have my roommate put my socks on. God bless her. 
And then the next day I'd run eight miles and I had a journey over a year where I had a hundred doctor appointments. You know, I went to physical therapy, dietitian, and slowly figured it out, you know, through dietary and, um, you know, physical activity changes in life and solved it. And if I didn't go through that year, I wouldn't have been able to do this bike tour again because the pain would get so severe. So it's just one example for me, one ex- or multiple examples from listening to bike life and all those hurdles that somehow people manage to get through to do that next adventure, to go explore that new area they've never been before because life's too short, right? If you don't do it, when are you going to? And I'll throw in one one quote, which I don't think he coined it, but he used it so beautifully. Um, Ken Francis, I know he's been mm-hmm. a guest multiple times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I'm going to butcher this, I think, but let me, let me think about it. So I say it right. And you could correct me because it's probably in your head, but, um, we, we don't stop cycling because we get old. We get old because we stop cycling or something yeah. to that tune. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, man, like I was like, that hit home and I'm, and so whether it's cycling or, or any other thing in life that you're into, when you stop and give it up because of some hurdle, you know, that's the beginning of the end, in my opinion. So keep pushing forward, no matter how it is, how hard it is. And uh, I guess, again, that was a long answer to your question. So I keep going. This is good stuff. Keep going. But I I truly believe that. And because there's been moments in these past three years, many, especially with, with ankylosing that, that I'm like, I don't think I can do this. You know, there's so many dietary things that I have to consider now. Like, I'm like, I can't do this on the road. And, you know, I took three years and and I have a food log, a a long list of my phone. I'm like, I can do this. I can do this and, and figure out a way. Right. And I will be physically active cycling every day. So that's taken care of. But, uh, um, it's just one example of a hurdle that I'd tell anyone, if you ever have that thought about the walls too big, break through it, go around it you know, dig under it for gosh sakes, figure out a way. So beautifully said. Thank you, Tyler. Absolutely. We look forward to witnessing and being a part of your, your journey as you continue on. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. This was really inspiring and absolutely spectacular. Awesome. And, um, likewise, right back at you. I really appreciate the opportunity to be, be on the show uh, meet you, which I'm, you know, it's so cool to see you here today. Like hearing your voice so often, like daily for the past three months. And, um, so it's really surreal. And if nothing else, if literally one person listens to this and identifies with any story, um, that I gave today, my goal is accomplished and my Mm -hmm. heart is full. So Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that we're going to talk again. I would love to. (laughs) Thank you, Tyler. Appreciate it. And for those that are listening, go check out his links, follow him along the way, and we will be back again soon. And I'm just going to continue to swirl in all of this wonderful share from Tyler. So we will be back. Thanks, Tyler. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you for joining us. And we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Wherever you are listening, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world.
Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warmshowers underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast at warmshowers.org.